As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. everyone and welcome to the Win Big Podcast episode 57. I'm your host Katie Gowdy and today I'm chatting to Jenny Weaver who runs a deli in Yorkshire called Origin Fine Foods with her business partner Abby. We talked about how they use social media to tell stories and connect with their customers and how their marketing strategies have changed dramatically over the last year. Jenny also shared some of the great courses she's taken and coaches she's worked with to help them push the business forward and adapt to changing circumstances. You can find all the links to the tools and resources mentioned in this podcast at thewin.co slash podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by my Instagram MOT. This 20 point checklist will take you through all the most important things you need to get right in your Instagram marketing. Head to thewhin.co slash MOT to sign up for the free training and download the checklist. That's thewhin.co slash MOT, all in lowercase. Now, let's get into the episode. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, doing really well. Just uh, busy in a run up to Christmas. Yeah, I can imagine. So tell us a little bit about your business. What's it called and what do you do? Um, so the business is called Origin Fine Foods. So we are a Yorkshire-inspired deli and hamper company based in Yorkshire. Cool. Um, and how did you, like, when did you start that? How did you get into it? Um, so we opened in March 2019. Uh, there was a bit of a, a long sort of run up to it. Uh, I've worked in catering on and off for 17 plus years. And myself and my business partner, Abby, uh, ran a different business more in her field which is um, animals she's training to be a zookeeper uh, so we did that for 10 years on top of me also working with the catering side of things and I decided to join the experience within the catering industry with my experience being self-employed and uh, was originally actually going to be a hamper company so I wanted to do hampers filled with like local artisan products And I fell at the first stumbling block because um, I realized that I couldn't have uh, an alcohol license from home. So you can't get a premises license unless it's a, a business property. So when I looked at the fact that I'd need a, a business property that I'm paying rent and, and all the overheads on, and I was going to have shelves filled with uh, local jams and artisan chutneys and handmade biscuits I just sort of realized that all I needed was a coffee machine and I'd have a little deli and coffee shop so um, 
yeah, I was meant to have kept my feet on the ground and my head out of the clouds, but we, we jumped straight in and, uh, yeah, I've been going now 20 months and mm-hmm. it's been, uh, an interesting ride. Yeah. The last few months in particular, I'm sure. But, um, tell me about the first year. So what was it like between March, 2019 and March, 2020 before the world went crazy? How did you find the experience of growing that business and finding your feet in it as you were doing it? There was definitely some surprises along the way. Um, I think despite the fact that I'd worked in catering for so long, uh, one of my frustrations was not being able to implement my ideas. And then suddenly I had this business and I could implement all my ideas that I wanted. And um, I think prioritizing uh, was probably the key word because I quite often have more ideas than I have time to, to do. Um, but yeah, we were steadily building, um, the interest, the hampers was actually put on to a bit of a back burner initially, even though that was the main reason why we, we set up and, um, just sort of towards the end of the year, we'd started sort of doing a few hampers. We had some interest over Christmas, but last Christmas, um, we sort of were concentrating more on the sitting eating side of things so we did used to do a full breakfast and lunch menu as well as bistro nights so throughout christmas we had um sort of like christmas bistro evenings and things so this year we decided not to reopen our seating area um in july when the rest of england were able to and we've sort of concentrated more on the deli side of things. So this Christmas feels very different from last Christmas, definitely. Yeah. So what are you focusing then on hamper sales and in-person sales and online orders and all that kind of stuff? Yes. During the um, first lockdown, uh, we went from opening from half seven in the morning to like six in the evening. Um, because we were, we then chose to not just sell the Yorkshire products. We sort of, turned the business on its head and we started selling everyday household goods and delivering them because um, our community was in need really. I don't know what it was like for you guys where you are or any of the listeners, but um, certainly where we were, you couldn't get any delivery slots um, for the big supermarkets. And so we sort of just filled that gap. We've continued to do that, but alongside that, now that people are sort of calm down with the the sort of toilet roll and pasta buying um, we've now started to see more interest in the artisan product so um, that's built up very quickly and we actually only got our premises license to be able to sell alcohol a few weeks ago so that's been a whole new um, side of things so yeah just keeping ourselves busy and in the process of still trying to put together our Christmas hampers um, maybe a few weeks late keeping ourselves busy. I, I don't know that there is such a thing as like as long as there's still time to deliver the product or service I don't think there's such a thing as a little bit too late I think it's probably fine. Yeah I'm a bit of a bar humbug when it comes to Christmas I'm I like the sort of traditional waiting till December and, and putting the tree up and things and I think last year that caught us out we we just were a bit too late getting anything sorted so this year um, I've been working with a few different um, business coaches and things and the, the C word was mentioned all the way back in July, I think. And um, so 
yeah, I, whenever I'm talking uh, on my social media about Christmas, I always categorize everyone into either early planners or last minute dashers. And I'm definitely a last minute dasher. Um, and I think we might've missed some of the early planners, but um, I'm, I'm good with that. We'll, we'll sweep up with the last minute dashers. Yeah. I think that's, you can't always please everybody though. And I think, you know, having that, being able to say, you know, if you're a last minute person, we're also last minute people. So here's our last minute Christmas hampers and we've got you sorted. Because, you know, if you were, if you were potentially more organized and your customers were all more organized, you might have sold out, you know, and then the last minute people wouldn't be able to buy from you because it's all sold out. So different ways of catering to people. That's been one of the eye-openers um so yesterday we had to place our order for all of our festive cheeses right from now all the way up till christmas so um and at the moment we're about what five or six weeks out um as we're recording this so i've had to get out my crystal ball and sort of like have a think about how much cheese we're gonna sell um and the same with like all of our christmas chocolates and biscuits and things having to um, place that order so far out was a bit of a, a shock to us this year. Yeah. Well, if you have a huge quantity of cheese left over, I know, I know a person <laughs> who might be interested in eating all of it by herself. <laughs> well, we've, we've just, we're getting some samples sent through of, um, so we're quite eco-friendly. I think you've had some of our, um, products sent through and you yes. spotted that there was, um, no plastic packaging. Yeah, so it was brilliant. And um, we're wanting to trial sending out some of the uh, fresh goods. So we've got um, a sample being sent out of some wool packaging, uh, but that's still in the paper rather than the plastic outer. Mm -hmm. So once that arrives, I think my dad is going to get a surprise cheese hamper along with a thermometer because he hasn't got a thermometer. So we're going to double check that it all travels okay. So yeah, you might be getting some cheese. Cool. Sounds amazing. If not, I'll, um, when the restrictions allow me, I'll drive down and get it from you. Uh, I, I'll be up in Scotland soon as well, as soon as I'm allowed. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll have to do a cheese exchange. I don't know <laughs> what I'm exchanging it for. Probably just money, but that's fine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's fine with me too. Awesome. So um, what is your favorite thing about running the business? Uh, cheese jokes aside. <laughs> I think um, it has to be the stories um, and this sort of sometimes does surprise people when I mention this and in fact we actually had some VIPs for our private shopping um, appointments that we've started doing recently. They came in last night and they commented on um, the stories behind all of the brands that we stock and I think when you're walking through a supermarket and you're just sort of randomly grabbing items off the shelves, it's really easy to forget the people and the stories that are behind those brands. So we know um, and have built really good relationships with a lot of our local artisan um, suppliers because obviously they're all from Yorkshire. It makes it really easy. We'll take days out to literally, we, we go on a road trip and we go around and um, catch up with the suppliers and pick up orders. Um, we've even met the cows that make our ice cream, um, which always makes people smile when I mention it. And I just think we're all about provenance. That's where the word um, origin in our name comes from. And for us, it's really important to sort of try and get people to stop and just think about what it is that they're putting on their plates and in their mouths. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, um, I don't, I don't know what the deli looks like inside because I haven't been, but I kind of, I'm kind of imagining that you might have little, you know, when you go into a bookshop and they've got like the staff's favorites, there's little cards next to the book saying this one's really good because of this thing about it. I'm imagining that your deli is covered in little cards that say, <laughs> here's the story that goes with this gem and here's the story that goes with this cheese. Yeah, we've got little shelf grabbers. So anything interesting um, goes up on there. Um, like our favourite preserves is called um, Bessie's. And it's so she makes pickles and her name's Elaine Bickle, which always makes me chuckle. And um, her company's named after her nan. So she used to go and visit her nan in Pateley Bridge in Yorkshire. And they used to um, make jams and chutneys together. And uh, there's actually a street in Pateley Bridge that's um, named Bessie's Way after her nan because she was so well known in the village. Um, and it's little things like that. My favourite one, though, has to be, and unfortunately, it's a company that's now closed down. Um, it was a company called Three Little Pigs who made award-winning cured meats like Yorkshire salami and Yorkshire chorizo. And their whole company started because they were gifted to uh, rare breed pigs as a wedding gift. And that was just where the whole business came from. And I, I used to love telling that story. And, and to be honest, I still do, even though they've, they, they're no longer running. Yeah, I um, would probably be furious if someone gave me pigs for my wedding. But um, <laughs> sounds like these people enjoyed it. Yes. So let's um, segue a little bit now and talk about the marketing that you do for the company. So obviously inside the shop, you're telling stories to your customers about this, the provenance of the goods and stuff like that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What kind of stories do you tell on social media? Do you tell those stories there as well? Or are you talking more about the customers and their stories? Um, a bit of both. Um, obviously, when it comes to the customers, it will just depend on you know how private those stories are because we've got to know our local community so well and like all of our customers i know quite a lot of their family tree what their favorite food is what time they go to bed if we're out delivering you know what soaps they like to watch because we we work our delivery schedule around that sometimes for certain customers so but things like uh this week we had um a customer turn up with a little puppy and we're dog friendly so um, she was just walking past and we've got a dog's dish outside. So he sort of popped in to say hello. And because our previous business was um, within pet care, we sort of, it, it was a sort of common ground and we got chatting. And now every time she comes past, she, she stops. And so I put some pictures of uh, Milo, the puppy up. And obviously he's now 
um, Facebook famous across the village and gets recognised. If you'd have asked me this question last year, um, we didn't really share, although it was something that really interested me, we didn't share many of those stories um, onto our social media. And it, I think the industry that I'm in, typically when you sort of like look across the board, you just see posts about this cake is yummy, come and buy it. Or, you know, this bread is yummy, come and buy that. Or this is what time we're open. And so last year I kind of followed along that same route of um, just sort of following the herd really and sort of putting similar posts up. And it's only been this year um, working with several different people that I've realized that actually people do want to know who we are. Um, they do want to know about our suppliers and, and that's where the stories have started to be shared a lot more and we've seen like a big difference in in the interaction that we get yeah i think that's important because right right bread that tastes good you can buy bread that tastes good from probably every shop that sells bread in the world like most to me most bread tastes good anyway but when you're trying to sell a business like yours the the main selling point is not that the bread tastes good it's the stories that come along with it it's the people behind the business so i'm really glad that you've you've found sharing more of those stories has been effective for you yeah and we've noticed that over the last few months our following on social media has just sort of started to snowball really it's just sort of grown and grown and it always catches me by surprise because i always think that the long copy posts are going to be sort of like looked over by people. Cause like I say, it's just not the norm in this industry. Um, but actually they're the ones that seem to get the best reactions. Yeah. So what social media platforms are you using to tell these stories? The main ones that we're on at the moment are Facebook. So I've been posting regularly to our Facebook account since we opened. And then I, sort of reserved the name for Instagram and I did a couple of posts when we first opened and just didn't really understand it. I had a lot of people mentioning it to me that it'd be especially um, like the food photography side of things would work really well on Instagram and at the time I didn't sort of really see the benefit in it and then this year I just started posting regularly to it and that's snowballed now as well. Yeah, I think Instagram's good because you can reach out to that audience using your hashtags and all your organic content in a way that just doesn't work on Facebook anymore. So there's that opportunity to grow the audience in quite a different way. Yes. Well, I didn't, like I said, I didn't understand how to use it. I didn't understand the hashtag side of things. I used to just use hashtags on my Facebook post as a... um, sort of like funny way to add a comment at the end of a paragraph that wouldn't just make sense on its own like hashtag watch this space that's the original way that hashtags were used yeah the og hashtags it was somebody that sort of pointed out to me that um a, a regular customer said you, you should be doing it slightly differently and i started looking into it um i came across um you guys and um i've got the win masterclass and i'm working my way through that over the last few weeks just changing how we use the hashtags and um taking the time to stop and and look at the way that we're doing it has made a massive difference 
Yeah, the hashtags are such a core part of the growth of your Instagram account that if you miss that part or if you overlook it, then sometimes it it can feel like you just can't make any progress because the hashtags are what tells Instagram where to put where to put the content, like who to show it to. So without those, then you're kind of missing a lot of a lot of the potential of the platform. But I don't need to tell you that. And I probably don't need to tell my listeners that yet again, um, because I'm always harping on about how important hashtags are. Well, until um, you pointed it out to me, I'd never actually even looked at the insights on any of the posts. I'd just been like, I'll post this. It looks nice. Um, oh, there's a few likes. There's a, a couple of comments. I've never really looked further into it. So that's completely opened up my eyes. So um, I know I've got lots more to learn still, um, but I've, I've made a start on that journey at least. Yeah, I'm going to um, have to have to get a full review from you on the masterclass before um, just to get your perspective on it, because not before, in the future, because I, I don't <laughs> think we've had a conversation since you started doing it about, about how you found it. So I'd be really fascinated to hear, but I will not make you review it live for all of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Won't put you on the spot. You might not have finished it yet. Let's talk about some bad habits of your marketing. You're saying you've got a lot more to learn. So um, what areas do you think you have to improve on at the moment? Definitely the forward planning of things. Um, the sort of the coaches that I've worked with this year, there's one that will sort of fly by the seat of her pants and just does it as she goes along. But everyone else has sort of mentioned doing sort of like batch production of things or scheduling and preloading into this, that, and the other. Um, and I see the benefit. I just struggle to get round to it. Um, I think because of the industry that I'm in again, I tend to sort of just post about things that as they happen. So it might be something coming out the oven or a delivery that's just arrived um, to the sort of like other side of things where I've burnt a quiche, but I make that into a story because I've been on a Zoom call with someone else. But I do know that the um, sort of general day-to-day things like my opening hours, the fact that we accept card payments, the fact that we're dog-friendly, all those little bits are things that I could probably plan into my schedule a couple of weeks ahead so I can not think about it because I tend to forget to do those because I'm so caught in the moment of doing everything else. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that I know I need to sort of try and put a bit more effort behind. Yeah. Do you ever have days where you sort of intended to post something to Instagram at some point, but you didn't come across anything during the day that really sort of sparked an idea? Um, not necessarily. I actually think one of my biggest problems is actually trying to prioritize what it is that I want to post about because, um, I know that I can't just spam my page out with like 30 posts a day um, because I know that it's not going to be seen by enough people. Um, I know it'll affect like the algorithm and things. I'm a bit mm. out of depth when I talk about these words. We actually now have nearly a hundred local artisan suppliers. So I actually find one of my biggest problems is trying to narrow it down um, to make sure that I actually cover every supplier on a fairly regular basis. I definitely find that unless I post about something, sometimes our customers forget that we do it. Um, We used to um, 
during the first lockdown, we were doing movie night hampers. And despite the fact that they were available seven days a week, week in, week out, uh, they were on our website all the time until I actually posted about it onto our social media pages. We wouldn't get orders for a few days at a time. And then as soon as I'd post about it, it was just that sort of jog of the memory. And then suddenly I would get flooded with sort of orders and then it would go quiet again until I posted. And for me, I'm just very conscious of, I don't want to come across like I'm posting excessively about the same thing. But on the other hand, I know that obviously each post is only seen by a percentage of my followers anyway. So yeah, it's this sort of balancing act. I sometimes do go into a day with a rough idea of what I want to post about. I know that last night, I sort of sent myself a message with three or four things that I'd like to post about. It's then just sort of trying to find a time during the day if we're really busy in a shop. But I know that that's where if I scheduled things, it, it would make my life a little bit easier. Yeah. So in terms of having like loads of ideas to post about and being concerned about over posting almost, um, you can definitely post twice per day on your feed and not annoy people. Um, so you could schedule one, for example, to go out first thing in the morning and then do another one in the evening when you're finished working or, or the other way around if that suits you better. And then the other thing is all of your other stuff, all of your other ideas, you can pop into your Instagram stories. And so those disappear after 24 hours, but people can obviously cycle through lots of them. Stories, I've not quite reached that point okay. yet. So I'm just sort of posting onto my feed. I did do one story as a bit of an introduction uh, mm-hmm. after, it was after I'd started the masterclass and I thought I just need to jump in and do it. Yeah. Um, it took me ages to work my way up to doing my first Facebook Live. And now I'm fairly confident at doing those and can sometimes do a couple in a day if we've had a couple of different interesting things going on um and I certainly do them you know at least once a week on Facebook so I don't really know what my block is in in doing it with Instagram I think I just started to get the hang of where all the buttons were and then Mm. I've realized this week they've moved them all around they have yes there's um it's being rolled out slowly so listeners if you don't have a new layout on Instagram yet beware that it's coming um they've moved all the buttons but you can to get to stories you can actually open up any page on Instagram if you just swipe right then the stories camera comes across from the left um so you can get to it from anywhere even though they've changed the layout so that one's um nice and easy to find But um, with the stories, obviously, like chatting to the camera is nice, but you can also turn the camera around and take photos of your products and things you want to talk about. So, for example, you could take a picture of a movie night hamper and you could post that every Friday to remind people Friday night's movie night, make sure you order your hamper for or whenever they have to actually order it to get it for Friday night movies. Yeah, that that swipe right um, to get to the stories camera. I've definitely come across that because a few times early on in the morning, I've just been sort of like trying to catch up on everything and I've accidentally switched it onto the forward facing camera and sort of do a little scream. Um, There's my face. <laughs> Uh, and then I like panic that I've actually come off of it, but it's actually now recording me live. So I <laughs> then have this anxiety that there's me sort of first thing on the morning, sort of looking a bit scary to, to the whole world. <laughs> I can promise you that unless you tell Instagram very specifically, 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm ready to go live. You will not go live. And if you close the Instagram app, if you were live, it would end your live anyway. So. Oh, that's amazing tonight. So don't worry. You're safe. <laughs> You will not go live by accident on Instagram. It doesn't doesn't work that way. Um, but, but yeah, I think I think stories would be a really good next step for you, especially because you feel like you've got so much to talk about and so many different businesses and uh, so like suppliers to talk about, so many different products of your own to talk about. Then stories is a really good opportunity to sort of feature a few of those per day without overloading people's feeds. I have worked out how to share other people's posts onto my own story. Mm-hmm. So I do quite often um, have things sort of running in the background, but it does tend to be other people's content that I'm sharing. Uh, yeah. So, yes, yeah, stories I'm going to sort of try and jump into and uh, reels as well. When people are listening to this, last week's podcast episode is about reels. So you can listen to that one for some tips. But I know um, Lisa, who is our business coach in common, has done, she did a video on how to make reels. So that's a really good one to look up as well. I will give it a go and tag you in it. (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. Um, It is the the reels editor that's built into Instagram is kind of fiddly to use. Um, So for your first one, see if you can come up with something that doesn't need much editing. Um, maybe just put a couple of different like text bits on it, but don't do any like video chopping and changing. Just make one video clip for the whole reel and you'll find it a little bit easier to get started. Uh, yep. I'll uh, put it on the to-do list. Yes. <laughs> There's so many things that I have to put on my to-do list um, with that exact same tone of voice. <laughs> At some point I'll get to it. Um, no, I love reels. And then Instagram's just released another new feature, which you may or may not have spotted yet called guides. Um, which are like mini blog posts on Instagram that you can put together. So that'll be a podcast episode coming up soon as well. Yeah, not spotted that one yet. No, it's um, under that that plus button where it's now like you tap to choose which type of content you can create. I think it's the last one in the list, so you might spot it there. But yeah, it's just like a blog post. So that may or may not be something that you're interested in. Possibly. if I, uh, I think I need a little army of people helping me in a shop first before I've got time to do anything else yes yeah there's so there's so many different like Instagram now has something like seven different content types 
six different content types, which is madness. No, five. There's five. There's five different content types. And then story highlights are kind of like a, a half extra, but their stories so it's not totally different but yeah there's so many different things to do on instagram that it's you could never do all of them and run a business that isn't about like if you're a content creator and your job is to post things on instagram all day then by all means you can do them all but if your job is to like run a deli um, or be a marketing consultant or a podcast editor or whatever else your job is then you don't have time to make five different six different types of instagram content plus your facebook content plus your email newsletter and your website and your videos and all of the rest of what you might be doing oh well this week no matter what i'm going to actually carve out some time to put together a video of myself and my business partner dancing which isn't um top of my natural actions um, and we're going to try and figure out how to upload it to TikTok and then share it across to our other social media, purely because I've got teenagers and the best part of having teenagers is figuring out how to embarrass them. That so, sounds amazing. Again, I'll tag you in that as well. You can have a laugh. Yeah. With, if you have a TikTok video, if you download it from TikTok, then you can upload it as, and tell Instagram it's a reel and then you don't have to do any editing to it. You just upload it into the reel section and post it as it is. Oh, fantastic. So I can tick two boxes at the same you time. Can. Yes. And, and you can actually do that with all of your videos forever. If you decide you really want to get into TikTok, you can just post all of your TikToks onto reels. Um, it depends how much I want to embarrass my kids, really. And the limit does not exist. <laughs> So we've mentioned our mutual business coach, Lisa. Um, and when I asked you before we started recording um, what, what you'd like to mention or promote on the podcast, um, you very kindly, rather than mentioning anything that you sell, mentioned a whole bunch of other people whose um, support you find useful. Um, so I would love to talk through some of the people on the list and hear about the coaching that you've done and how you find it useful for your business. Lisa, who we both follow, um, her business is called Dare to Grow. What have you found useful about that over the last few months? So before I came across Lisa, I had never, ever heard of the term marketing funnel. I don't really use Facebook um, or Instagram personally very much. I, I very much use them just for the business side of things. And because I'd never really come into or, you know, had any contact with coaches and things, I didn't really ever have much posts on my sort of like wall or, or feed or anything from different people. And now that I've started sort of working with a few different coaches, obviously because of the sort of targeted ads and things, my whole feed is just always filled up with download this freebie and, and do this. And I, you know, I've started joining different ones so that I can actually see what the marketing funnels are like from um, the customer's perspective um, but yeah, that was a sharp learning curve. You know, Lisa's taught me so much about the way that the whole of Facebook and, and things like that work and how to sort of reach our ideal audience, really. Um, from there, uh, obviously, I got to know you. Um, mm -hmm. And I've recently started the, the Win Masterclass. That's just sort of changed my whole Instagram game completely. 
so I've only just got on to unit two because um, okay. I'm just sort of chipping away at it a That's bit at right. a time. Um, so yeah, what, one week to do each one um, when I'm doing 16 hour days. Uh, I'm not quite there yet. No, that's okay. But, it's just a suggestion. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I have found, so the task that you ask us to do in regards to looking at hashtags and actually looking at what hashtags um, other businesses use and actually also looking at how many people are in each hashtags. I've been asked to do that by so many people that I've worked with. I think by the time that I saw that in the masterclass, it was probably the fourth time that it was like a suggested activity. And every other time I've never done it. I've always just sort of like skimmed over it, not looked at it. And listening to your video, I was like, I am actually going to do this. So every time you said pause the video and do this activity, I didn't think oh, I'll do it later or anything like that. I was so firm with myself. I'm like, no, I'm going to learn this. Um, and that's, you know, for the first time I've actually sat and done those activities and it's just made such a difference. Cool. I'm glad you find the structure of it useful. Who else have you met through Lisa's group? Because there's some names on this list uh, who I recognize. Jackie and Stacy are friends of ours. Yep. So Jackie runs Clark Learning Consultancy. So she's also a business um, strategist. And whereas Lisa very much focuses on just online businesses, so sort of more the sort of coaching side of things, I think Jackie sort of does try to sort of promote the course that she does to online businesses. But I found that Jackie was able to look at my situation and anything that she was talking about, she would also take the time to then um, put it into perspective in regards to my business. So she would be able to come up with an exact example of an idea that she would have. And her brain like just works like a machine and she just can churn out. There'd be six people on the call and she would teach somewhere a way of doing something and then give a tailored sort of, answer to each of us which I just sort of it meant that I could take what I'd learned with Lisa's um, course there there is some crossover between that and Jackie's um, but I just found that I was able to adapt it um, to our bricks and mortar business although we are trying to take a few more things online um, and then there's Stacy, who is the modern storyteller um, who I also met through um, Lisa's group and it's Stacey really that sort of shown me the benefits of telling the stories. Um, and in fact, when I first heard her introduce herself in Lisa's group and she said that she was a storyteller, I thought that she meant more in regards to like an author or children's books. I didn't initially understand what it is that she did. But I've actually, over the last few months, I've worked with her a few times and I'm now um, a member of her PS club. So she does training and sort of live Q&A sessions um, and puts up lots of different information into the group um, and just sort of gets you to see that the everyday things that everyone takes for granted, how that can actually be not only turned into a story, but then related back to the business, just so that the customer can see that you're a real person and that's made a massive difference. And then the last person that I mentioned on the list um, isn't somebody that we sort of know mutually through um, Lisa's group, um, but I met her whilst I was doing uh, the Blueprint to Business with Jackie. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's a lady called Zoe Carroll, and she's a life coach. And although it's not specifically for businesses, her Challenge Ready Mindset course um, takes you through eight weeks teaching you um, how to be ready for a challenge. And I think every business owner has challenges that they have to face. And so it sort of like works on your confidence, how you handle fear. And there's sort of eight different modules that she takes you through. So at the end of it, um, you're ready for your challenge. And I'd set my challenge um, as a launch in in the business side of things. So that was sort of combining a bit of everything that everyone's been teaching me all year. Um, and it was just getting me ready for that. Um, so that that's what we're up to. And it's um, I've kind of a few of the courses have all sort of stopped at the same sort of time. And then I've suddenly found that I'm not having to like write out a schedule each week of all the different zoom calls that I'm going to be on and all the different lives on Facebook that I need to watch. So I've found myself with loads of extra time, but just before Christmas, uh, I filled it all with making hampers. Mm, yeah. And it's always good to have a break after learning a bunch of stuff to like implement and practice and like consolidate on everything that you've learned. Otherwise I feel like if I kind of stack courses on top of each other too much, I end up absorbing all of this information, but never doing anything with it. I'm just constantly, I'll just learn something new. And it's like, I spent all this money learning how to do things. I've never actually taken the time to do any of them and like really commit to the process. So it's good to have a break. One of the funnels that I actually joined uh, was for, on the back of an advert that I saw on Facebook and it's somebody who does food photography and I clicked on it because obviously usually there, there might be a freebie at the start and then you sort of work your way up to like the big ticket item at the end and their first rung of their ladder um, was actually a course that they send you with a load of PDFs and things and it was a low ticket price. I think it was maybe 37 pounds and I downloaded it and I've still not even had the time to actually open the first thing um, and do it but again it's on the to-do list for one day. Yeah yeah I think it's difficult with with really low cost courses that don't involve any like videos or any like live or like supported stuff you can't get in contact with the person who runs it and sometimes that accountability is missing and then you never you never do the thing because you're like, oh, well, I'll get to it at some point. It was only 30 quid. It's not that important. Whereas when they're a bit more expensive or when they're a bit more um, supported, then you don't you don't get away with it in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I can definitely uh, attest to, to Jackie, who does the Clark Learning Consultancy. We, we used to call it the weekly butt kicking. because we, <laughs> And you can't hide. I, I know I, I found Lisa's, all of Lisa's stuff fantastic. Obviously, I still watch the different lives and um, I still got access to all the course and things. But I could easily just turn my camera off and like stalk uh, from the background and and lurk in the corners. Whereas Mm. Jackie, you can't do that. She calls you out. Um, There's no hiding. (laughs) Our all-in-win marketing course, the little coaching group I have on that at the moment, every week they're like, what? I ask them, what will you commit to by the time we come back next week? And then the next week I'm like, did you do the thing? Uh huh. So tell me why you didn't do the thing or let's talk about what you're <laughs> going to do next. So I like, I, well, I like weekly butt kicking as a, as a concept. I feel like that's, but it really helps to have, to know that someone's holding you accountable for a specific goal. 
and then you you have a deadline for it and that's the hardest thing for me in business is that so many of my development goals I'm not accountable to anyone else I don't have a deadline or a weekly butt kicking to show up to and have somebody say you said we're going to do the thing have you done the thing so yeah that really helps (laughs) I'll I'll happily message you each week and set you a goal and check that you've done it if you want I find it for some reason it's easier if I'm paying the person to do that. Like I don't That's know fine. why. If it's just like a... <laughs> I don't mind. Cool. Like I'll happily do that for you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I've got two more questions for you. I'm gonna ask you about the business books you're reading. Um and then and then we'll wrap up with my favorite, favorite final question. So um you've popped a couple of books down on our, our we list here. What books are you reading at the moment and what are you f- enjoying about them? So the one that I'm listening to at the moment, because I do it through Audible, um, as much as I love physical paper books that you can like hold and I'm going to say something really controversial here, turn the corners of the pages down. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. If I've, if I've triggered any listeners, I'm sorry. Um, but I just don't have the time. And I find that if I try and read just before I go to sleep, what that actually does is it trains my brain that as soon as I pull a book out, it's bedtime and I fall asleep and I can't get anywhere. So yeah, um, I I don't get any sort of commission, but audible all the way for me. So at the moment, I'm listening to E-Myth by uh, Michael Gerber, which uh, Katie and I had a bit of fun trying to work out the pronunciation we had to to google (laughs) is it gerber or gerber (laughs) yeah so we're going with gerber um and so the e-myth um talks about how to scale a business and it talks about a franchise model and although that's something that i'd potentially consider in the future um he makes a really good point that every business that is that you're able to franchise is a is a business that has systems and people in place to to run it efficiently so even if you don't want to actually franchise your business if you get it to the point where you could franchise it it actually it he explains that you've sort of like ticked all the boxes um obviously one of the sort of most successful businesses um across the world is mcdonald's which is obviously a franchise and he talks about the story about how that started and things. And he also talks about the three um, people uh, or three roles that's inside each person. There's the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. And each person sort of has more of a, a pull to one of these characters, but it can actually change even just in the day-to-day running of your business. You might jump between those three roles. Um, and that there's pros and cons to each of those roles as well. Um, so I found that that it's been really interesting. Um, it's definitely food for thought. It's given me um, more things to add to my to-do list of systems and things that I need to put in place. And then the other book that I found real value in is Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas. And Although that one isn't actually specific to running a business, she has now bought out um, another one. I think it's called Chillpreneur. Mm. I'm going to go with that. Um, But the Get Rich Lucky Bitch is all about uncovering your money blocks. So it looks at your relationship with money. Sometimes if you've, for example, if you've got an issue with saving money, you sort of like look back and sort of see where this block has come from and she helps you uncover those blocks and work through them. 
And I've actually listened to that now on Audible three times. And even on the third time of listening to it, there's still many blocks that I'll suddenly have a light bulb moment. And it's like, oh, that's why I struggle with X, Y, or Z. And then as soon as I actually sort of realize what it is and sort of can take a bit of time to explore it and, and work it out, it's actually just made so much of a difference to my relationship with money. And obviously I think when you're running a business, money is, is important. It pays the bills. It allows you to do things that you enjoy. And so me sort of like exploring my relationship with money has been really important. Um, so that's, that's saved on my uh, account and I'll probably just keep listening to that occasionally just to make sure that nothing news come up. I find it really interesting sometimes the, so the person who was on the podcast two weeks ago, uh, episode 55 is Thea. She recommended the exact same book and you guys did not collaborate, I don't believe, on recommending the same <laughs> no. book. So I always find it really interesting when the same book gets recommended close together. And I wonder, um, is it the universe sending a message to me or is it to <laughs> someone, someone who's listening um, needs, to be, needs to be told that this book is really good and they should read it. And I feel like Get Rich Lucky Bitch is one of those books where it's quite transformational for people. Definitely. Yeah. The other book that sort of was mentioned a lot to me to the point where I ended up downloading it was Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. Mm. Um, and that was one of those moments where I just seemed to be hearing it all the time and seeing it and it was mentioned in different things. And, mm. and that's another one that I found sort of like really transforming. But Denise Duffield Thomas, I just find it's such an easy listen. Um, I put it on if I'm in the car and I, I just, it's, it's a nice book to listen to. Um, and there's sort of like stories and things behind uh, each of the concepts that she's sort of trying to teach you. Yeah. I am... Um... I'm taking some time taking some time off over Christmas. <laughs> wow. I am taking some time off over Christmas. It will happen. And one of the things on my holiday to-do list is to um, actually read as many of the recommendations from podcast listeners as I can. Because I always say that sounds really good. I should read it. I'm going to actually do that um, this year. So listeners can expect some book reviews uh, on next year's um, podcast schedule. That'd be really cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So to finish us off, Jenny, what um, makes you optimistic about the future of your business right now? I think that the pandemic really has just made everyone stop and think and reevaluate their businesses. And for some people, obviously, it's, it's just been absolutely devastating. For us, if we'd have continued the way that we were going, you know, we could have actually have closed our doors and not to reopen them. Um, so this sounds like a really negative start to a question where you're asking me on the positive side of things. But that week before lockdown started, all the way back in March, um, the Thursday, we actually took £4.70 in sales for the whole day. Um, and that was, you know, we've got... Um, rent to pay and gas, electric, water. I had a team of people working and um, I, I wrote a bit of copy about it. And I think I wrote it as, you know, £4.70 worth of sales, two lattes and two tearful owners. Um, and we sat down, we decided, look, something's got to change or, or we're not going to sort of get through this. And so obviously the um, changing our business model and closing our seating area even before we had to and focusing on the um, grocery side of things has made a massive difference. But I think the overall feeling for this year is just 
taking our business online. Um, the pandemic's obviously not just changed the way that businesses have to run, it's changed the way that um, customers and consumers are actually accessing different businesses and different services. Um, so we, this year we've just got a new website. It went live a few weeks ago and we're still working our way through like the 2000 products that we have to put on. We've just started a nationwide hamper service. So that is going to be a culmination of everything that everyone's been teaching me all year. So from Zoe teaching me, you know, to be challenge ready, um, everything from the, the win masterclass, um, focusing on on instagram stacy's storytelling um is going to make a massive difference to being able to sell these hampers um in sort of the copy post that i put up and the the facebook ads and then lisa and jackie's business strategies is what's going to be able to get the hampers that i'm making and photographing in store on the computers and um, mobile phone screens of people across the UK, that's the the biggest difference in our business this year is I've gone from concentrating on a three-mile radius to suddenly now potentially having customers from like all over the UK. Um, We started sending our hampers out with... um, actually gone further further north than you already so we've uh, sent something out all the way up to the outer hebrides um and then all the way down to uh, brighton so and a few places in between so that's that's what we're sort of focusing on at the moment and like i say taking on board everything that i've learned this year from all these fantastic people um and it's going to sort of hopefully see us move into uh, 2021 um, in a really sort of strong point um, and hopefully in a position where yes we're still helping our community but also from a business perspective um, we'll be in a strong position where you know even with things the legislation changing on a weekly basis um, hopefully we will be sort of fairly safe and um, able to move forward and just build really from there. Well, that's wonderful. Jenny, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I loved catching up with Jenny today and I hope you enjoyed listening into our conversation. If you're interested in getting a Christmas hamper, we've linked those in the show notes along with all the courses and books that Jenny mentioned. They're at thewhin.co slash podcast. If you're interested in taking the Quinn's Instagram masterclass, you can see all the details at thewhin.co slash IG masterclass. This has been episode 57 of the Quinn Big Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.